back to Yin and Yang, the podcast. Uh, no guests today. Today we are going um, solo. Oh, we can actually talk about that film too if you want. If you Have you seen Solo yet, Dan, or no? Yeah, I have seen it. So, loose format today. Um, so here's a general outline that I had. Let me know if you had something different, but... Uh, we can do, you know, a cinema corner again with Solo. And then from there, we can go into my trip. My, like, I had a quick date. I had some dates in Taiwan. Um, well, I went back to Taiwan for a funeral, um, which was unfortunate, but uh, it was bound to happen. Um, and then uh, I recently went on a kind of a hangout slash date i'm not sure what it was recently in the u.s but um those are some things that are on my mind uh anything on your mind you want to talk about no i just no <laughs> just movies i i like talking about movies always talking about movies and, and tv shows and stuff yeah let's do it uh so let's do cinema corner yay yay um so general so i i've seen infinity war i actually i did another podcast um the a debate podcast uh darren darren kwan's podcast i i argued for the pros of infinity wars but i could also do the negatives uh i also saw solo so are those two films that you want to discuss yeah i actually watched both of both of those movies the only movie i haven't the only big movie of, of April or May I haven't watched yet is uh, Deadpool 2. Okay, I've seen that. Um, so we can skip that one. What, el- what else have you seen? Maybe you want to do three films maybe? or The third film I saw in theaters recently is RBG. RBG. Oh, Ready Player One? Oh, wait, no. Uh, no, that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth. <laughs> okay, um, let's just... I, I, I have not seen that, so we can discuss... Uh, Infinity War and um, what's that other one? Yeah, uh, Solo. Solo. Okay, which order you want to do? Uh, let's go with Infinity War and then go to Solo. Yeah, why don't, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. I wow. I I think the the thing that I liked the best was it didn't feel because there was so much backstory already done for most of the heroes. I didn't need to see all that or hear all that. You, you have to go in with the idea that you've already watched the 19 other films leading up to Infinity War. So it was pretty good in that regard. And every, it just felt as if every character had their little little moment before they moved on. Are you I mean, talking about, some, okay, Infinity War, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's some clunky, spoiler alerts. We're going to spoil the film completely. Yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry, well, yeah. by the time it, like, <laughs> this is probably... This is gonna be like bo- yeah. This is gonna be months later. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there are some clunky parts where with Vision and Scarlet Witch and stuff like that. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, I'll have a link to the other podcast I was on. But um, generally, fairly yeah, positive. Uh, I was emotionally invested in the film. Um, I mean. I was talking to uh, a friend uh, recently, and she, I, I kind of liked the the part where um, Tom Holland, he's like, oh no, you know, like he if he's passing right uh, at the end, yeah. and uh, I don't know, I, I I read an article that he 
he and Robert uh, RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., uh, he kind of kind of improvised like, hey, you're, you're passing, what would you say? And I, I felt it, I, it, was, it was touching, but a friend of mine, she's like, uh, nah, she, 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 she's an actress, and she like wasn't really into it. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, we had two completely different takes on that. Um, did you believe that moment, uh, Dan? Yeah, I think if you watch Spider-Man Homecoming, I think it, you can kind of see the, the dynamics between those. It's a very father-son sort of relationship. Right, right. So I, 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 I kind of felt it when he, like, he's like one of my, if not my favorite character in, of all the superheroes in Infinity Wars. Him and then, uh, of course, my half-Asian girl, Mantis. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's Korean, uh, French, white, I guess. Um, but uh, She might be, like, Thai. Oh, really? Uh, you can look that up, uh, but I, no, she's half Korean for sure, and then... She's French. Her, I mean, she doesn't speak Korean that well. I, I think she's just, just uh, French is her main language. But um, Palm, Cle- uh, I cannot pronounce that last name. Uh, Clem, Clem to the elf. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I f- was angered by a few things. Uh, mainly Quill's character. I thought Quill's character had, you know, basically digressed. Um, he, as far as his emotional development in the first two Guardians of the Galaxies, of uh, you know, be, you know, killing his father and and becoming more mature, it felt that he just became like a kid again uh, in this film, and he just he wasn't a professional, you know. When they had almost had the gauntlet, uh, he just overreacted to. Um, I mean, there's arguments saying like, yeah, actually, he would naturally react that way and and get really angry at Thanos and start punching him because his his the love of his life has just passed on. Um, so I, I just felt very angered by that situation. I just like, come on, man, you have a job to do and billions, trillions of lives are at stake. Don't, don't fuck it up like this. You know? Uh, I mean, did that moment ring true to you when he starts, you know, you know, getting riled up, uh, and finding it after he finds out from, um, uh, from Gamora, from Gamora's sister, uh, that, oh, she passed. I, I don't know because I, I don't think so. I think that was one of the clunkier moments, the, the love story between uh, Star-Lord and Gamora. I mean, they, they had that will there, won't they kind of thing in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I don't even remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2 well enough that to say that they were definitely a couple. And it just went from kind of a flirtatious relationship to a full-on love of the life kind of thing, it seemed like a stretch. Mm. That part, I feel you. Yeah. I don't think they, I don't think they established that well enough for me. Hmm. I mean, sorry, I'm eating some 85 degrees. Sponsor us. And um, by the way, Palm Palm is Korean. You're right. I know. I know you know. <laughs> I'm sure I did, you looked it up. <laughs> I, I've done research. Yeah. Um. No, in Infinity Wars, I saw it two times. I saw it, it was filmed natively. It's the first film filmed natively on uh, IMAX. So, completely. Oh. The whole film. Other films like The the Dark Knight, one of the first films to shoot one of the longest scenes in IMAX before, prior to this film. But this film right here, um, I, I saw on IMAX, it was beautiful, but dude, 
It doesn't it doesn't work with Movie Pass, and it's like twenty. It's twenty five dollars. I'm like, fuck. I pointed Where did up. Where you go? What's up? Which theater did you go to? I went to uh, Universal City. That's one of okay. the. Uh, that's an authentic IMAX. It's not one of those fake IMAXs, yeah. Right. I mean, how'd you see? What what format did you see it in? I saw it in widescreen at dark light. Good experience. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Sorry, Yang. Can you keep talking for a few minutes? I'm, I sure. I I did not eat. I just came from jujitsu. Ah. In any case, I really enjoyed. I thought every single scene that they had for every single character felt complete. It didn't feel like I was shortchanged. It was a long movie, almost uh, two and a half hours, but even then, it was enough. And I'm I'm thinking about when they show Captain America in London, um, that whole fight scene. It just felt complete. It didn't. And I think all the fight, all the scenes was always, uh, yeah. I can't describe it any better than I didn't feel shortchanged at all. I didn't feel like I was gypped or robbed. And I think it's because of the 19 th- movies that came before it. I, I always, I mean, there are some questions like, how does the Ant-Man and the Wasp fit into this whole timeline? And with that movie coming out in July, so that's going to be interesting. And I think they're going to do something about it and maybe mention it, but it's just lucky happenstance that neither of those two characters if it falls into the same timeline that they didn't they weren't part of the half the population that goes and like the whole marvel captain marvel logo at the end like so what is she immune to like thanos or something i don't know <laughs> yeah well um maybe she's off the planet because you're well, I guess he he's gonna do fifty percent of the universe or the galaxy at least. Yeah, because the other the other people were on Titan, right? So Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. So um the other thing I was gonna ask is about what do you think of the characterization so we've seen Thanos before, different iterations of Thanos, I believe two times prior to this. Yeah. The main one being Guardians of the Galaxy one, where he makes a prominent uh, character as the father of Gamora. And you get the sense of his his uh, determination and, and strength. But this is the first time you see him fully realized and fully, you know, like getting shit, like destroying shit. Um, in the other podcast we mentioned, like he's one of those he's one of those managers that get in deep in the in the battlefield, right? So, yeah. um, what do you think of his character? I thought it was really well done, and and they. I didn't read the comic books of surrounding or the Infinity Gauntlet comic books that this was based off of, and I know the gists of it. But the way they they described his motivations for doing what he did was pretty good, and <clears throat> I enjoyed that part. And it you just feel like he's a, a fully formed character versus something like Age of Apocalypse, where Apocalypse looks like a Power Rangers cartoon villain and i don't even remember enough of that movie to say that that character was fully fleshed out about why he was doing what he was doing right and he I was just, sur- survival of the fittest yeah and it's just frustrating with uh apocalypse when you look at him they did such a poor job I, I don't understand why they couldn't have done the same thing they did with thanos 
Uh, um, yeah, that film just felt like you said. You know that the sense of fulfillment. I didn't have that sense of fulfillment with Age of Apocalypse. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, with this one, definitely, there was a lot of care done. And if you watch Vanity Fair. Um, you ever watch Vanity Fair? They do these uh, director breakdowns, or like they break down a scene with the director. They have one with the, Rus uh, the uh, Russo brothers who directed Infinity Wars. They also directed um, Civil War, which is probably why we both like it because Civil War by far is one of the best Marvel films of those nineteen. So yeah. they bring bring back that team, and also coming off of Thor Ragnarok, I, I, I don't know about you, I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. Um, it was just so fun to watch. Uh, did you see that? Film? Yeah. 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 I, I really watched, liked watching that movie. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok, uh, just the, the that director, Taiki Watiti, I, I had the pleasure of um, going to a Oscars um, short film screening and he was hosting it. And he's like that in real life. He, he's so, um, you know, irreverent, funny, and, you know, life is a good... It seems like he tries to make life a, a good time. Nothing's taken too seriously. Same with that film. There were some moments in Thor Ragnarok where I felt like the jokes kind of were like, another joke here? But uh, overall, enjoyable. Same with this film, Infinity Wars. There were some jokes that I felt kind of fell a little bit. But uh, for the most part, it, it, the good balancing, I think, for the joking and the seriousness. And uh, I agree. Thanos, uh, what... Josh Brolin, he brings it. I mean, he's probably also one of my favorite things in Deadpool too. Um, so, uh, I yeah, uh, let's. I guess we can move on to Solo unless you have any last thoughts about Infinity War. No, let's yeah. uh, let's move on to Solo. Okay, so um, I'll start this one. Uh, solo. Um, so, okay, for okay, the name he go, he goes to the immigration. So spoilers, all these spoilers. Um, alert. Uh, Solo, he and uh, the Dragon Queen, Celia Clark, I think is her name, um, uh, they try to get past immigration, like some sort of, you know, sci-fi Star Wars immigration. He gets through, she doesn't. He uh, goes through um, customs and the guy, it's kind of like Angel Island, right? Someone mentioned that to me. It's like, oh, what's your last name? He doesn't have a last name. So they give him the name Solo. <sighs> I don't know. That just felt a little bit... Uh, that felt a little bit. Uh, I get it. It's, it has a precedent, a historical precedent, within Angel Island. Like some of these people were given um, last names by the immigration officers. But I just felt it kind of took away from his. Uh, I guess his feel, this feeling of empowerment that Solo usually represents to me, like the sense of uh, uh, independent, uh, uh, you know, grit. But anyways, uh, that's one thing. Overall. It was just like okay, yeah, you know, it's, it felt like it felt like to be honest, like a really well done, made for TV uh, film, you know. Like I don't know if it was, if it deserved a full theatrical, but like I mean, the graphics and yeah, the, the stunts and stuff were done well. And I heard that Ron Howard, he he came onto the film, uh, fairly like they switched directors, so. Right. Uh, it, there is a certain tonal like it's hard to find the tonal um, 
thread to follow throughout the film. My main issue with the film is probably Solo himself. Uh, and this might be because they're trying to give an arc to the character. The Han Solo we know from the original Star Wars is basically like Tobias Beckett in the film. He's uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Um, yeah. He's uh, gritty. He doesn't trust anyone. And in this film, he's fully super like Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. So hopeful, naive. Um, you know, you know, so optimistic. Uh, so that's great. But basically, he's that tone throughout the whole film. Now, you know, because he says, "Oh, this is going to be a good time." I mean, Han Solo in the originals would say, "Oh, I, this is going to be a bad. This is a bad idea, right?" He says that, right? Yeah. And this one, he says, "Oh, that's a good idea." So there's that contrast. But I would have liked a, an arc within the film itself. It felt like it was just one note. In a series, in a longer maybe narrative of like maybe some other solo movies, I I don't know if they're gonna do that. Uh, do you know if they're gonna do that or not? Or he signed for three films. Oh my gosh. Okay, so maybe that's why. But I still feel that there should be an arc within one film itself. You know what I mean? Um, so overall, I just felt um, not not as fulfilling as maybe like Infinity War or like or. Uh, I actually I enjoyed Last Jedi, Jedi better, and I know it got that film got a lot of shit, but yeah, <laughs> I I enjoyed Last Jedi uh, more. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Kathleen Kennedy is, is losing her touch. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Last Jedi was it's just had so many plot holes, and then this <laughs> the Solo movie is just just okay. Yeah, wait, who's Captain Ken? I just said yes, but who? Kathleen Kennedy. Captain Kennedy. She's the head of Lucasfilm. Oh, okay, okay. She's basically like the Kevin Feige. For Marvel. For Marvel. Ah, okay. Captain Kennedy, okay. Kathleen. Kathleen Kennedy. So I was, I was still thinking about Captain Marvel. I really, I'm looking forward to seeing that, actually. <laughs> that one's going to be interesting because uh, that one's going to be a period piece, supposedly, in the 90s. <laughs> That's so funny that 90s is now a period piece. Um one of, one of my scripts I'm writing is is a period. I guess it's a period piece now. It's the '90s, so yeah, yeah, okay. I'm down for that. I grew up in the '90s, so yeah. Yeah, so it, it's I don't know. I I think Kathleen Kennedy is losing her touch. She's she's not because she was the one who got Gareth Edwards um, taken off of Rogue One, and they hired a new director. Okay. And that was pretty good, and then. She's the one who makes all the decisions as far as who's going to be directing, who's writing, all that stuff. So with The Last Jedi, she got Ryan Johnson. And because there was so much early good buzz about The Last Jedi that Ryan Johnson was given a, a trilogy to go do whatever, with whatever he wants in the Star Wars universe, but not necessarily a Skywalker thing. It's going to be something new. And after watching The Last Jedi, I was like, this is terrible. There's so many plot holes. <laughs> And then after watching Solo, she took uh, the the directors from the Lego movie who did a pretty good job with that movie, uh, Tim Lord and Miller, I think. Okay. Lord and Miller. And then got Ron Howard, who's a safe safe choice. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Solo was just really, yeah, okay. And it's one of the... Uh... I think it's one of the worst openings. I read this today. It's one of the worst openings for a Star Wars film since, uh, guess which one? 
A New Hope. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, oh. Yeah, episode episode one. Attack. Yeah. Um, so that's a that that sucks, I guess. But um, I'm curious to see Kira's character, Celia Clark's character. I was like Amelia. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, crap. Amelia Clark. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, Amelia. Um, Amelia Clark. Um, yeah, I just I was trying to figure out what her deal was. You know, she's a survivor. Uh, but and then they, I like the whole uh, Darth Maul. I guess that's kind of cool. But yeah, I just Solo, dude. Like his character, just um, just I was not in. Get, I couldn't get into his character for some reason. So, anyways, um, cool. Anything else uh, with the the film stuff for? Well, I just don't think that there are any real legitimate stakes in that movie. Like Chewbacca, when they show you that trailer on the train heist and Chewbacca's almost falling off. Oh, yeah. You know he's not going to die. Of course <laughs> Chewbacca's not going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it sucks, though. Like, all the other side characters die. Like, Thandie uh, uh, Newton's character dies. The um, yeah. I guess he looks kind of Asian. That kind of Asian-looking monkey character. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry if that sounds racist, but... Um, yeah he he dies um so that sucked but and i i just halt i thought the whole plot twist of emphasis nest being a bunch of kids and like you know cool nice nice people like i was like uh they killed two people or they indirectly killed they directly killed one person and they indirectly killed another person so i mean of course tobias beckett is going to be a little bit you know in Chinese, they say "sabuta," right? Like he's he's gonna be pretty freaking reluctant to help them. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, like, hey, that's kind of a big plot issue uh, that he's gonna. I guess it, he makes up for it by like double crossing at the end. But yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, let's hear about your date. Oh, okay. Um, well, let me put in the context, I guess. So. About two episodes, three episodes ago, see, uh, before this one we have the TV writer, then George. Okay, so uh, three episodes ago, I was in Taiwan um, visiting, uh, uh, you know, visiting family, doing some pre-production, um, and I, I met a uh, Japanese girl that was studying uh, Mandarin there. And this time around, uh, I, I, I flat, fast, uh, fast forward a few months later, uh, this is April, so about four months later, um, I'm driving home and my, my, uh, I, I get the news that my, my grandmother, my, my, my last surviving grandmother passed away. And uh, I was just kind of shocked um and i i got a phone call from a family member and i just uh drove home just kind of like quiet just thinking about her and you know uh i it's yeah it's 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 true it's kind of like when that last person of that generation she still there's i still have a great aunt which i love very much that's still i should call her but um as far as direct grandparents, that's the last one. That that there's a there's this f- incredible feeling of loss. Um, to be fair, uh, like 
I love both of my grandmas, but you know, the my other grandma helped raise me as a child, so I I I have a um, naturally a, a closer connection with her. But this grandma I saw whenever I was in Taiwan, I would see her, and she would always, you know, uh, express love in her own way. You know, she would. She's not the very like oh huggy. Um, let me give, let me let me give you a kiss, kind of grandma love. But she'd be like, "Oh, hey, did you did you eat enough here? Have some more food for my plate, or uh, do you have enough money?" That, that show that kind of love and very practical um, kind of uh, demeanor and personality. And uh, yeah, I miss her, and it's uh, I I didn't really feel that sense of loss when I heard it. I felt that loss maybe a few, a few days later, uh, before, and I wasn't even sure I was gonna go. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, eventually, I did. I did uh, make the trip. I took a week off from work and made the trip out. And uh, yeah, it hit me just a couple days later. Like, oh damn, the, that that person is gone forever. And uh, yeah, and I felt it also during the funeral. I I, uh, I helped film parts of the funeral. Um, so it here's my thing moving forward. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Dan, but I was I was helping film the funeral because I wanted to give uh, some some video back to my brother and sister who couldn't make it, and my father as well. But uh, my mother made it out. But I do feel that. Regardless of who you're making the video for, there are some things ethically you should not film. This is my personal belief that something I learned also from Warner Herzog. I've been I've been watching some master classes recently, and he makes a really good point. It's like, for for instance, Dan, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Uh, when your son was when your first son was born, did you videotape it or no? I did not videotape it. Okay. Yeah, and I think I I think I'm not going to videotape it either. I mean, I film a lot of things in my life already, but I want to be fully present whenever I, you know, when something momentous happens like that. Uh for this one, uh I was a little bit more conservative than my the last funeral of my other grandma that I went to. A other I I filmed both funerals and eventually I need to put everything together, but yeah, filming at a funeral does kind of take you away from being present, you know? And, yeah. Uh, for one thing, I did not film the body. Um, the, there was an open casket. That's something I uh, did not do. Uh, and I, and my, my mom was very adamant about that, and I'm glad she was. And I'm, I'm glad that I listened <laughs> uh, because that's just something – yeah, that's just that's not okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people do it. I'm not gonna judge them. I, I I've I I I understand where that's coming from, and you know. So, but if it does happen, I would never release it. You know, you know, or a show to a public audience. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so that that's one thing I wanted to mention. Another thing I want to mention is this. Um, yeah, this is the first time I've seen all my my mom and her siblings together, and, and it's great. It's like that sense of seeing the the birth order dynamic. The the oldest the oldest uh, 
child, the oldest uh, aunt, like kind of like controlling the conversation a little bit, and the, the youngest uncle, like kind of you know, <laughs> just uh, just listening. Like you, you can see my mom taking her place in the middle, and like it's really uh, uh, it's an amazing thing to watch to see all my mother siblings together and. I, I do regret I was filmed I real I filmed parts of it for my brother and sister. It's it's I I look forward to rewatching it, but a part of me also wished that maybe I stopped recording and just sat and listened to their conversation and and, and feel their their presence. But okay, um, so mo- moving forward, uh, so yeah, I went through that. The one thing I want to mention, one last thing I want to mention about the funeral is that uh, there's. I have certain things that trigger uh, depression, and the one thing that we talked about last time was that uh, that feeling of you know that when I had a date with that one though that one uh, lady I, I uh, that I brought over to my place, but I didn't like you know I didn't go with the flow basically, right? And another trigger is also was um, during I, I was kind of thrown into like having to translate something. At the at the funeral from one of my siblings, and uh, I didn't do a great job, you know. I there was some words that I, I was messed up on. Uh, it's it's hard to translate. Um, I wish I had more time with the text. Uh, but yeah, my mom wasn't too happy with my translation. She did like the speech that I wrote. Eventually, I think I might put it up on my website somewhere. But. Uh, yeah, my mom told me like James, that was you know, <laughs> what kind of tra- you know wasn't the best translation you know, and that got that kind of got me a little sad for a little bit. But my mom's mom just passed away, right? And afterwards, after talking to her, we we kind of reconnected afterwards. Um, we made a trip down to Taizong from Taipei and. It's you know it's not a big deal. Like I did the best that I could, and um, and I, I also wrote something as well. So, but that's something I notice in in me is is there's. I think my mom has. Yeah, there's there like people being critical of me, especially a relative or a parent. Uh, it sucks. It's hurt. It's hurtful. I mean, I mean, have are you is are your parents pretty critical of you, Dan, or or they're pretty pretty cool. No, I mean my dad is pretty critical, but he's Chinese, so you kind of have to expect that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, has it ever like triggered any sort of negative feelings in you, or you're you're kind of over it now? I I I got over it pretty quick because my parents uh, divorced when I was young. Yeah. So I didn't really live with my dad, and I, I had to like more or less figure out that not to not to take it too much to heart. Right, 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 right. Um. So. Um, yeah, so I, I was glad to reconnect with my mom afterwards, uh, after the, w- during the funeral and afterwards. And that was, that was really probably one of the best experiences in my life. Um, seeing her with her family, the entire family. And I'm really, really glad that I, I made the choice to go. Um, and so while in Taiwan, after like I, I had a few days free, and I made time to meet some some of my friends. I hanged out with a friend. You you could probably see on my Instagram, and then um, I also like 
that yeah the last girl i made i made a connection with I, i've spoke about her before on this podcast about you know hey if i could date somebody i remember saying to you dan that oh if i could date someone i would date her so i was like you know what let's i had this question in my mind is this what what could happen here is my question so i wanted to answer that question so i made time to meet her and um so we we met for a a a, a date one night and um, yeah I, I remember texting you afterwards like I kind of screwed it up so basically it's that whole like we've it's been like four months now we haven't really kept in touch that much I did let her know I was coming um, a, a few weeks beforehand and then so we made plans we got dinner we chatted it was fun it was cool. Um, but then I started to get this feeling like, huh, maybe she's not as, what's the word? Uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? So she maybe wasn't as, you know, she's still very attractive, but as far as like the conversation topics and, and you know, her, her sense of my feeling of like, you know, certain a depth about, certain emotional depth about certain topics, uh, I felt we're, we're lacking compared to my expectations. Does that make sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, we talk about very surface-level things, like, oh, school. And, you know, and part of that's maybe my, my – maybe I could have delved deeper into, like, other topics. But um, so the key thing was that towards the end of the night, we went to Sida uh, Yesu, the Sida Night Market, um, and which shows up prominently, I think, in a short film I'll have come out and in my life, actually. Um, I have a lot of connections with that place. Uh, but anyways, we <laughs> we got drinks. I was like, hey, after dinner, let's let's go walk the night market. We walked the night market. I had an Airbnb in uh, close by. And I was telling, I asked her, hey, should we bring the drinks to uh, my place? She's like, oh, okay. Oh, she's like, oh, okay. And um, I'm like, I, 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 in my mind, maybe I, I sensed hesitation or I created a hesitation in her voice. And I'm like, oh, but there's no furniture at my place. Yeah, I said to her, right? She's like, oh, well, you know, Japanese people, we don't, um, we generally don't, we just sit on the floor. I'm like, oh, okay, but um, there's just a bed there. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. And then I thought, uh, I thought to myself, oh maybe I should give her another option and she can pick like oh and also we can sit here in the park as well and she's like oh let's just sit at the park <laughs> and um, I remember feeling I remember telling myself in my head um, oh this is this. I don't know if I'll use this uh, but I'll, I'll use it now this this Chinese term xiao ju chang xiao ju chang is like uh, uh, a small stage play so xiao ju tang is like a phrase they use uh, in Taiwan for someone who overthinks things and plays things out in their head. And I, I remember playing things out in my head. I'm like, oh, James, what are you doing? I'm like, no, no, James, you, you don't need you don't need to bring her back to your place. You're better than that. You're, or like what you know? I make up excuses to myself, right? So we I we'd sit on the park bench and talk and get bitten by mosquitoes. But I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, I could have, I should have, maybe it's too late. Maybe I should ask again to go hang out at my place. It's just not that romantic just sitting at the park, you know. But 
anyways, we parted ways and I, I remember texting you and, and some other friends and I just had this intense sense of regret and this feeling of self-sabotage that I, I give to myself um, of like, oh, I could have, you know, pushed for something more intimate. Maybe, maybe, but, and, and here's something I, I realized is that the, the way it plays out was the way it was going to play out, right? This is, we've talked about this before. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, what was great is the night afterwards, I get to meet up with a friend. We hanged out, him and some friends, and some, uh, his, some of his female friends. And, I, you know, I kind of mentioned the situation. They, they laughed and gave me some advice. And uh, my friend gave me some advice, like, well, why don't you ask her out again for tomorrow? I'm like, wait, I can do that? <laughs> um, I'm like, but I need to make time for family. He's like, okay, well, yeah, family is most important. I'm like, yeah. But that idea stuck in my head, and like, what ended up happening is I made a dinner plans with family, of course, and then, you know, later that night I'm free. So after dinner, I'm like, okay. So that day I was like, here, yeah, let me. Why not? I'll ask her out again. Because I, the question in my head, what can this turn into, was still not a hundred percent answered in me. You know, I kind of got the idea that maybe this wasn't something that could turn serious, especially with the distance and some personality um, uh, things that were not matching, but I still had that question in my head. And uh, so I asked her out again and she, I was like, she's like, oh yeah, let's meet up. I'm like, whoa, I was so happy when I got that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, any, any questions before I continue? No. Yeah. So uh, what happened was, so, you know, I did family stuff. I took care of some errands. And then uh, we met up uh, and uh, we got like, we went to this like really kind of like very Taiwanese, like uh, nothing fancy restaurant, but just like a good old Lu Fan Dian, like a um, minced pork pork over rice uh, spot. And there's like some guy dragging, um, I remember a guy dragging plates across the uh, a cart of plates across the floor and i'm like wow this is really old school style but um and and the service was like they were very abrupt um anyways but the food was good and we sat with like two strangers um it was fun and then uh afterwards uh we're going to the mrt which is like the transport and i asked her hey um you wanna do you like movies She's like, yeah, I love movies. I'm like, okay, you want to watch a movie at? So, let me let me let me preface this. Before I went on a date, I did some recycling. Something I talked about in the Hoffman Process podcast we we did a couple months ago. And um, prior to the date, I did some visualization exercises where, like, okay, if it comes to the point after the dinner, this probably is going to happen where I invite her over to my place. What are some of my patterns that will come up? Self-sabotaging, judging, saying I'm not good enough, or I'm being too needy, all these anxiety. I, I, I went through the list of these things that I might feel. And then I said, okay, what's something else I could feel? What's something else that I would like to be better at or improve on? You know, what, what's another alternative to that situation? And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, what about being bold, being confident, being friendly, and without any sort of manipulative, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, intention, just asking and 
because that's what because I, I want to ask. So this really helped a lot. Like prior to the event, I kind of just sit with it and meditate and recycle that event. And then so when it came to that point, of course, anxiety and the nervousness came up. But I was like, I felt I was better prepared and just just going through and and uh, I felt myself, hey, say, hey, uh, why don't we watch a movie at my place then? And she's like, okay. So we went back to my place and I was just, wow, that was easy. You know, it's, it was a lot easier to do than it was in my head, you know. In my head, I made it out to be this very um, nerve-wracking nerve thing. But the reality of it is just asking and being okay with the outcome. Like if she just said, no, of course, I have to respect that, right? Right. Yeah. But no, she seemed down and we went to go. So, I, okay. <laughs> so some patterns came up when I was setting up the the TV I'm like okay I'm, you know you know the director stuff like okay make sure the sounds good uh, what movie we're gonna watch make sure my Netflix but luckily she was very patient and so we go to my place uh, she sits she sits on my I'm like hey you want to sit on the chair or the bed she's like oh I'll just sit on the bed I'm like oh okay and then so she sits on the bed and uh, I uh, I set up a week I queue up a movie if she wants to watch I was like hey you want to watch a Chinese for China you know you want to work on your English or your Chinese she's like oh Chinese and I picked a um, Ho Shao Shen film the assassin <laughs> have you seen that film no oh man it's a sleep fest it's a sleep fest it's so slow and uh, but very visually uh, um, beautiful and I've seen it before I fell asleep last time I watched it um, but <laughs> I uh, I was like it, I think it popped up in my recommended or something or like I looked up Taiwan it came up I'm like you know what it's it's I like that director it's slow but visually beautiful so I picked that one I let it play and um, as it's playing she's like oh cool it's a period piece I like that so I'm like all right cool good choice right <sighs> And uh, we're watching, and I like, uh, yeah, the um, the anxiety comes up. Uh, I, I, I look at her. We're sitting side by side on the bed watching the small screen that um, uh, on, the t on the desk in front of us. And uh, I, she's into the film, and uh, I, and this is all in Chinese. Uh, we, we're speaking Chinese to each other, Mandarin to each other, and... I uh, I make the move. I put my arm around her uh, her shoulders. Mm -hmm. uh, it was nerve wracking, but I was just like, "Fuck it," you know. I just what I did was I sat with that nervousness, and then I just acted. Does that make sense? Like I yeah. I felt I I felt the nervousness come into my body. I'm like, okay, I'm nervous, but regardless, I can still do it. You know, and I, I went over and reached over, and uh, she's watching the film, and she does this kind of Japanese like, mm, like kind of silently nods her head slightly, like she's like, "Oh, I know what's going on." <laughs> right. And I, I fucking this. I love this. These Japanese mannerisms, you know, like, mm, you know, like um, very subtle nod of the head, and then I. Uh, I see that, and then I just move in towards her cheek, and she turns away from me. And she's like, oh, James, uh, 我们还是当朋友就好了. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's just be friends. Would be let's just be friends. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. She and she says, you know, we've only met like a couple of times, and we're not really that close. So I just feel that you know, let's just just be friends. I'm like, okay. Um, so we sit there watching the film a little bit, and I'm, you know what? I'm feeling kind of bold, Dan. I'm feeling a little bit bold still. So I say, uh, well, uh, can I hold you? <laughs> okay. And she says, well. Um, right? It's like, are Americans like that? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you know, she says with a Japanese accent, like, oh, you know, or yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, yeah, so she says, hey, it's different, you know, the the Japanese way, the American way is totally, like, different. I'm not sure. I'm like, well, it's not, and, okay, here's a thought in my head. I could totally manipulate the situation, baboozer, and say, oh, yeah, Americans do this all the time. <laughs> but, no, I'm not going to do that. That's that's some, like, uh, some manipulative shit. Or I didn't feel like doing that, so I just said, uh, Look, um, it's not an American thing. It's not. It, it's just something I would like to do uh, while we watch the movie. If that's okay with you. Uh, if not, if it does, if you're not comfortable with with it, 如果你觉得不舒服, 那没关系, right? Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. And she like thinks on it. Mm. She says, okay, yeah. So I, you know, I hold her. And, I, and I, we're watching the movie, right? And uh, sure, like I get a you know, you know a little you know a, you know a little bit excited, but um, I remember just sitting there and holding her and watching the movie. She smells good. Um, she's feels nice in my arms, and I remember thinking to myself after watching the movie for for a good couple minutes now, uh, and we're talking, chatting here and there about the film and. Uh, it's been a long time. It's about okay, not let, don't even mention sex or sexual like things, but uh, just watching a movie with a girl in my arms, like no joke. It's been a long time. And real talk, it was probably better than sex. Just sitting there in her arms, like well, you know, hold, uh, holding her. Um, this was great, you know. I was just like, dude, if we don't, if we don't, uh, if we don't fuck at the end of this, it's fine. I'm okay with it because this is great. Watching movie, chatting about it, um, feeling the warmth of her body against my arm, uh, feeling like the slight, just like feeling the edge of her elbow against my hand as I as I as I hold her hand, uh, or hold her elbow, or um, a little bit of fat around the waist, you know, like feeling that. It's just like wow. Uh, it's been a long time since I've had this experience, and it was great. Dan, I had the option that night. I could have canceled on the date, and I could have been rolling with. Uh, I could have rolled BJJ with uh, one of my friends who owns a gym in in Taiwan. And I was thinking to myself, 
I'd rather be rolling with her than some dudes right now. <laughs> right. And I made the right choice. I, I To be fair, I, I, I wish I made more time for my my friend to go roll, but I, I can do that next time. I mean, we rolled. La- I rolled last time I was in Taiwan. But yeah, just there, and I was just like, this is great. Anyways, so we're, we're, I, I, due to like warmth and, and comf- comfort level, I switch positions here and there. Uh, one time I take off my shirt. I step away to take off my shirt and to, to change into like something more comfortable. Uh, but I wasn't very sexual about it. I just moved away and did it. So I wasn't trying to like manipulate her into like, you know, touching me or whatever. Um, though, so the one of the last positions of holding her was like I got her hand and I put, it was like near, you know, you know, near the pelvic area or whatever. And... Um, I kind of, I was like, fuck it. I, I kind of like reach under her hand and touch her stomach, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, whoa. And she kind of pushed on my hand. I'm like, oh, okay, so, sorry. And uh, she's like, I need to use, you know, I need to use the restroom. We use the, she used the restroom. like, oh, I think it's about top of door. It's time to go, right? She has to work or wake up early. Um, and so I'm like, okay, cool. And like, uh, I turn on the lights and she's leaving and like, uh, we get close to the door and I, I, I don't know if I, I'm perceiving this, but like, she seems a little bit nervous about like trying to get the door open. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just very relaxed. I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to like keep her there or do any, I, I hate freaking those guys who's like kind of stand the doorway. That's like some really predatory shit. I don't, I didn't do any of that. Uh, but I think maybe she felt a little nervous about trying to get out the, the locks off. <laughs> so I like, I help her get the locks off the door and then um, we step out and uh, she's like, oh, here's fine. But I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll walk you to the station. So I walk her and uh, you know what I do? I, I, you know, I do some, some bomb shit. I, just, I hold her hand. And she's like, she liked it, you know? I held her hand, we walked to the station. And then as we were walking, I, like, I felt the warmth in her hand. And But she told me, James, uh, you know, woman, I think you're, 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 you're nice. Because我觉得我们未来应该你应该不会你一定不会变男朋友。对, uh, I I think for future for sure, I you will not become my boyfriend. I'm like oh, I okay, and then I just I told her like, 好，谢谢你很诚诚实跟我说. Thank you for speaking so straight with me. You know, being so honest with me. Um, and uh, yeah, so I we hug, I kiss her on the cheek, and um, and I walk back and. I I was just like, damn, okay. Yeah, that's that was the end of that. But the 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 sense of satisfaction of getting that question answered, you yeah. know? You know how like there's I have um so I mentioned in the last podcast that I mess I messaged my high school crush, right? Yeah. And it's that same thing is just answering that question. Now what does this mean though is that is because no matter what as long as you're alive 
as long as I'm alive, there I will always have a certain questions or certain goals that I want to reach for or want answers for, right? That's life, right? And because yeah. of these desires in Buddhism, they say that life is suffering, right? And yeah, life life can create a lot of suffering and, and the cause of suffering is desire, right? But guess what? So who cares, right? Like that's so what does that mean? That makes happiness, that makes love those that much more enjoyable. That 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 um and I, I still believe though that the natural state of being actually from meditation is actually happiness. Not necessarily suffering, but happiness. The the nervousness, the the stress going into that date or sitting with that pain or or that feelings of rejection afterwards. That's fine, you know? I recently, a um, couple, like two weeks ago, I got high for the first time in a few years, or a year or so. Um, I wanted to try like a vape. Uh, I, I've never tried a vape pen before. I, I've done like smoking, but because of my skin condition, I can't smoke. Uh, um, uh, so I, they say, hey, try this vape. And I tried it and I got super high. And I just felt, I, I was thinking to myself, I was high. I was like, so I, I felt socially anxious uh, after a few, like half an hour. Or so I was like, hey, I need to leave. So I left, I said goodbyes. Um, and then I went I, I, I uh, went to a coffee shop. And then um, I just sat, I sat in the coffee shop watching like Taiwanese variety shows, just sitting there. I'm just like, man, I lost this whole night. Like I could have... Well, I mean, this is the experience of myself, but I, I lost, I could have been editing or there was another friend I wanted to meet that night, but I, I told him, hey, uh, can't meet tonight. <laughs> and I just sat there for like two hours, just like looking at my phone and just like zoning out. If anything, from that, that high experience, I learned two things. Like one was that I enjoy being present. D does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't mind I don't feel like I need to not be present I've sat with pain I've I've sat with depression and feelings of rejection but what's great about those things is like by sitting with it and like being present with it is the first step in like not letting it control you you know and not letting it defeat you and uh the second thing was from that high I did notice that I felt as if I was moving like I knew it felt like my thoughts I knew what I was going to do if that makes sense so here's a hot so this is a high person like like thinking process when I was high I was like oh I'm going to ask this this barista for water I asked this barista for water I'm going to sit down I'm going to and I sit down I've it was like I could see into the future for like five seconds you know what I mean like I knew everything uh -huh. I was going to do five seconds ahead of when I before I actually did it I was like oh this is so if there's any there was one takeaway from that high experience it was like I could because of my slow thinking it's kind of like oh I could I see how the the the, the connection from the causal effect of my thought and action and but um anyways that was maybe one cool experience but I don't think it was def I don't think it was worth the whole like losing the whole night and not being present you know so, yeah, that was my date. Um, yeah, from from. Uh, but okay, uh, let me let's. I want to bring it back. Let me let me ask you some questions based on that experience that I shared. Um, um, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, have you, uh, like, have you ever been told, I just want to be friends before? Yeah, <laughs> plenty of times. Plenty of times. And was it the same feeling each time? That, did you have feelings of rejection each time or each time was kind of different depending on the person that was saying it? Um, yeah, I, no, I think rejection is rejection. Um, at least in my mind, at least, especially back then, rejection is rejection. You just, I think, especially in my 20s, you, you put so much self-worth into what other people think of you. Or at least that was for me, that when I get rejected, I just feel really down on myself the self-confidence or the confidence kind of erodes with every rejection yeah okay okay but i will say that uh, i i i said and then i used to watch this anime um slam dunk <laughs> okay yeah it's about basketball anime and the main protagonist is this this guy who has no luck with women and I remember when in the first episode he asked, I think he asked a hundred girls out out of his middle school, and he got rejected by all of them. And I was like, well, if he could do a hundred, I should be able to do a hundred. And I started just asking random girls out. The first couple of times it was like really difficult, but after a while it became easier. Yeah, yeah. Because you just don't care anymore. It just doesn't. I think you just kind of desensitize yourself to it. Yeah, yeah. But when that's that's just random people. But when you go out with someone that you think, oh, there's a possibility of something more than just friendship and you get rejected saying, oh, we should just be friends or I don't think of you in that way, then it, it just feels you start. At least for me, it just was more of a, a, a bigger, a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. Because you become a little bit more emotionally invested. Is there? Do you feel that you could have desensitized yourself from that as well, or did you get desensitized from those rejections as well? No, because those things are done over a long period of time. Yeah. When you when you go hang out and you do things, versus asking a random girl out, and you don't even have more than ten minutes with this girl, then you just kind of move on with it right 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 you, you haven't invested anything into it yeah yeah i i i, I feel that way too i, I asked um <laughs> this girl helped me with like uh cash these travelers checks one time and uh i saw her again at the same location and she was leaving for a car i'm like but you know i was just like oh man this is weird should i follow her to the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> i did i'm sorry i did uh. Yeah, I followed her into the parking lot, and um, I'm like, oh, hey. She's like, oh, hey. I'm like, hey, you helped me before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I helped you before. And then um, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, you go to you know, some small talk, very short small talk. And then I just like, um, yeah, you go to school. Oh, what are you studying? And then, um, hey, I'm sorry. And she, I could tell she's like on her way to somewhere. I'm like, hey, um. Uh, I just want to know, maybe you want to get like, you know, 
you know, get coffee sometimes. She's like, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I maybe not the best location, but I remember thinking, hey, James, whatever, man. Like, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah. In that situation, don't you think you should have? I would try to re- read the situation. If you're going to do something like that, you should do it almost immediately and, and don't go stalking her. Yeah, but she she was moving quick, so... <laughs> yeah, she might be moving quick, and then that... If there's, like, no rapport, there's nothing to base it off of. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think... It, no, you're right. I, I think in future situations, maybe I won't, like... Look, there's... there's pl- this the this idea of abundance right so you know and going back to infinity war right this idea of like oh you have to kill half the universe to make more for people yeah it's this i well if he has he should just make more for people you know or <laughs> or if anything redistribute you know the resources right like he's god yeah. basically so uh, it's not you know my one of the guests on the other podcast said like it's not necessarily like a uh a lack of a resources problem. It's more like a distribution problem, right? Like it's not getting yeah. to the places. And so this idea of like, oh, how many women are there in the world? There's plenty of women in the world, right? And also, especially in Los Angeles, there's lots of, uh, you know, so this, this, uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should have just uh, let this one, it wasn't the best situation. Like why not just let it go and go for something a little bit easier, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And there's, well, yeah. The thing is, it's not that you had to go for something easier. You just, the timing is off. Yeah, okay. It sounds like it was a little you, off. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you should have done it when you had the interaction. Oh, the first time maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's not necessarily an idea of like easier. or It's just uh, reading the situation and, you know, you know, like in, like inspiring, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is, yeah. When, when, when should you uh, go for a certain move? Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, because if it comes off a little creepy when there's like no rapport, and it's a very a very cold opening that you just did. Yeah. Don't you think? A little bit. A little bit. Um, it's a little threatening when you're like following the girl out. It is, and I I I might re- I might delete this. <laughs> <laughs> you maybe. No, I I, I I made sure that I was very, like, uh, you know, I gave my distance. I did not, and I, I, I didn't approach from behind. I kind of, like, did, like, a little half circle to, like, her, you know, as if I was, you know, trying to kind of, like, go back into the, like, anyways. I try to be as non-threatening as possible, but, yeah, yeah, I can still see how that could be kind of weird. And, um, you know what? Uh, sometimes you have to, I have to make mistakes to know that it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I no, no, that's totally true. I mean, it's just live and learn. But that one is just you kind of seem like you forced the situation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I um, if you're gonna force a situation like that, at least make it more more uh, seem make it seem more natural. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so here's another thing that happened was that I went. I went out recently with somebody, um, you know, just, I, I don't know if it's a day or what, we just hanged out and, um, and, uh, yeah, there was a good rapport. Uh, I don't want to give too many details away cause I'm still in the, the wooing phase, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't want to jinx it, I guess, but um, <laughs> I, I, she's like pretty, she's really chill, really cool, um, and uh, I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, huh, this is a very interesting thought that popped in my head. It was like, wow, this girl is probably too emotionally stable for me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's just like very chill. Like, yeah, nothing, there's. I don't, I mean, I'm sure she has her issues, but for the most part, from what I read from her and from the content of our conversation, she seemed very, you know, emotionally stable and secure. And, um, and I was just like, wow, what does that say about me? Like, why do I, and I think it's a problem that I need to work on is that this need to try to like, it's, it's, it's sorry, it's going to sound really bad, but like looking for like a girl that, you know, who needs someone like me or is maybe needy or, or needs fixing, Ugh. you know, like me, even me saying it makes me feel bad or it makes me feel a little bit. Uh. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I deserve someone that's emotionally stable you know like yeah maybe i deserve someone that i don't have to i can't because i remember i think uh we talked about this before like do you believe that you can change other people or in a relationship or even your kids i guess or no no not even like push them in a certain way or nudge them or uh you can with kids it's a little bit different right 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 they're still yeah there's there's so much of it. You basically enhance, um, enhance or suppress their natural, or their their personality. Is my thought. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like that. But as far as a fully formed human being, yeah, changing their personalities that's a psychologist, psychiatrist job. <laughs> and the thing is, not even they can do it. It's like they can help guide you, but the reason that a person seeks a psychologist is like they want to change themselves right and like yeah. the psychologist has to only help them and guide them in that direction but yeah no i i, I i'm listening to like um jack you know jack ma the the C, uh, alibaba guy yeah. i'm working on my chinese and he i listen to some of his uh, chinese talks and uh he says you know and I'm like, oh, damn, that's pretty, pretty uh, uh, deep. You know, it's like you can't change other people. But if you really want to change the world, you have to start with changing yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like that idea. And, and the, the, the fact that I think maybe why I've, I've failed in relationships in the past is that I felt that maybe I could help change other people, you know. Or I can, um, I was looking for someone to maybe change me, but those are all like um, dead end roads, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, and it also made me think about, um, there's this thing, I'm going to look it up real quick, secure, anxious, um, something called attachment styles. I think I might have mentioned this before, but... Um, there's basically a certain per percentage of the population are secure, right? They're emotionally secure people. And, um, and there's other people who are maybe anxious. And then there's other people who are avoidant, right? 
so I, f I forget what the breakdown is, but I think it's roughly like 50% people are like secure-ish. There's a spectrum, of course. And there's people who uh, maybe a quarter who are avoidant-ish and another quarter who are like anxious-ish, right? So yeah. um, basically uh, there's, a, there's certain attachment patterns where like uh, it's pretty uh, dis destructive relationships, right? You know, um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to look up the the combinations. But basically, uh, have you heard of this before? Or no. No. Okay. Um, but uh, basically, secure people, if they're fairly secure, they can be with an anxious person or an avoidant person because. Basically, the patterns that they bring up with being like avoidant or, you know, they don't see it as attack on themselves. They just see that as something that person is working on or needs, to, you know, uh, whereas um, if it's like avoidant. Yeah, let's see here. Let me look this up. I might, I might cut this section out because I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but anxious, avoidant. Um, so avoiding attachment is ba basically, so let me define the term. So being secure is like you're fairly emotionally secure. You're not needy. You're not, uh, you don't push people away. Avoidant is like you push people away because you're, uh, uh, because uh, maybe you're afraid of getting too attached and then that person leaving you. And then anxious is that you're anxious that the other person will leave you. Therefore you become needy and trying to express like, hey, hey, I want you to spend more time with me. So what ends up happening is that um, uh, if, it's a, if the relationship is an anxious attachment, it's like basically it's too, it's too needy. And if it's avoidant, uh, it could lead in like an anxious person with an avoidant person that could lead into a downward spiral, right? Like avoidant persons like push the other person away and that causes the anxious person to be even more needy. So anyways, the, my main point is that I, I think that I, I have a little bit of uh, the anxious side. That's something I've been learning about myself. Um, and that I just have to be like, you know what? Maybe I deserved being with someone who's emotionally secure or, yeah. And in that way, it doesn't create some sort of destructive cycle. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I mean, that that's all I had for today. Uh, any thoughts on your end, or yeah? No, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, how, what do you think about your attachment style? Are you are you feel do you feel that you're fairly secure? I guess. Uh, I guess so. I, I I don't think I think that comes just comes with age. Yeah, and like yeah, like you can switch between cat. It's hard, but it takes you can you can. Like you, like we said, we can change ourselves, right? And we can move into different categories. But so you feel that as you get older, you feel more emotionally secure. Yeah, and then as you as you age, and then also when you have kids and all that stuff, um, you start not worrying about yourself. <laughs> ah, it's not always about you, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, if if I may ask, um, you mentioned that things are a little bit kind of crazy, or or you're, you've you have you been feeling anxious recently, or do you want to get into that? Uh, you did mention that I think last time, but 
I, I, I kind of wanted to, to check in with you. Yeah. Oh, we could talk about it some other time, but it's it's just that uh, we're gonna be moving out of this place pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. And then I I've been interviewing for jobs and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's too personal, well, let's talk offline about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Let's go into language corner. Yay. <laughs> um, so I mentioned um, uh, I mentioned a few things. I'll, I guess I'll go with the Mandarin one that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I, I, I spoke to you uh, prior to this was um, it's called. Uh, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Huoran Kailang. Huoran Kailang is so Huoran is like suddenly Kailang is kind of like like opens or like opening so it's it, it, I guess the most uh, the most the closest phrase in English would be like to suddenly see the light you know or like I saw this you know like I saw the sign you know like ace of base right like oh I suddenly yeah. see the sign uh, the light and I got this from um a uh, song by Toming Zha, Toming, I think it's Toming, Toming Zha Zhi, Zha Zhi is uh, uh, Toming Magazine. Basically, means like uh, transparent magazine. It's a it's a band that sounds kind of like it's a Taiwanese band. It's kind of Weezerish, um, and uh, he mentions it in a song about uh, called Sida Gongyan Di Xia Siling. So, which literally translates to. Uh, uh, Sida Park Underground Commander. <laughs> Anyways, it's a good, it's a great song, and, and, and it's really tied to, I guess, my feelings with that area, Sida area. I went to um, school around that area to study Mandarin, and then th- this recent date was, uh, you know, was in that area, and it's, and um, that phrase, Huoran, uh, Huoran Kailang. Oh wait, yeah, Huoran Kailang. Um, suddenly seeing the light. Yeah, I feel like now that I'm, I've been through a little bit more of these dates and a little bit more self-discovery. That I, I think I'm, I'm seeing the light a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't reached Zen yet, you know. And I talked to a Zen Buddhist monk who's been meditating for forty years, and he's very, very transparent in saying, like, yeah, I haven't reached it yet, but whatever. He's like. He's cool with that. <laughs> it's still like a goal of his, right? And he, uh, I was like, oh wow, you can have goals. He's like, yeah, you can have a goal to like reach in, in, enlightenment. That's fine, you know. I'm like, oh. Anyways, um, that's a longer conversation, but um, okay, that's my phrase. Yeah. Mine is meguda. Meguda means, um, kind of like blinded, but uh, maybe you're blinded by love. Ah. So, yeah, meguda. It literally means me is eye and guda is like dark. So, eye darkness. So it's kind of like... I just learned that. Oh, meguda. Go ahead. So it's kind of like a blind spot? Like you have a blind spot or something? Yeah, you have a blind spot for the situation. Ah. Meguda. Wow. I just learned that recently. That's cool. Can you read and write in kanji and stuff or not really... Uh, I can read here and there, but um, the thing about the tricky thing about kanji in Japanese, um, the meaning is still the same, 
but there are so many different ways to read it uh, or pronounce it. Uh, so hiragana and katakana is better for you. Hiragana and katakana, yeah. That, I mean, that's just all phonetic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when you start getting kanji, they're, they're just like, what I thought was the right way of reading it is probably not. Oh, okay, okay. Cool, thanks for that, Megura. And then, yeah, yeah Horan Kailang, so cool. Horan Kailang. Yeah, Horan Kailang, cool, yeah. All right. All right, thank you so much. Um, thank you for thanks. listening to our to our listeners. Um, yeah, Dan, you want to sign out? or? This is Dan signing off, or Yin signing off? Yeah, this is James, aka Young, signing off. Thank you, and uh, thanks, Dan. I'll see you, I'll talk to you soon. Yep, bye. Bye.